Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Chapter 14, Love Relationship. Song of Songs is about love, but without that love relationship with God, all else is in vain. The main reason for God creating us was so that we could have fellowship with Him. God does not need us, but He does want us. He created everything we see around us. The Bible states quite clearly that He loves you and me so much that He offered up His only begotten Son, Jesus, who died on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid for our sins so that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 and verse 16. Now that's real love, don't you think? What does He require from you and me in return? Quite simply to love Him and keep His commandments. That is all. A short while after His death, Jesus said to Peter, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. John 21 verse 17. It is believed that this conversation took place at Peter's landing on the shores of Lake Galilee. It is my very favorite spot in Israel. Nothing has changed in the landscape since that eventful day. The master asked Peter this question no fewer than three times. John chapter 21 verses 15 to 17. Why do you think he did this? Well, maybe because Peter denied Jesus three times. There are all sorts of theories, but the bottom line is that it must have been really important for the Son of God to ask the big fisherman thrice. Love is a verb. I believe that God is saying to us in this late hour, if you really love me, then get out there and tell people about me. You may say, well, I'm not really an evangelist, but you don't have to be. Just keep telling people what Jesus means to you. It's simply a case of one hungry beggar showing another where to find food. Love is a doing word, so don't keep telling your spouse and others that you love them. Show them that you love them tangibly. How? By loving your children, helping others, doing things for your spouse without them having to ask. The list goes on and on. Theodore Hesburgh wrote, The most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. How very true indeed. That's the kind of love Jesus expects to see from us. It's our love affair with Jesus that motivates us to love our spouse and children, the widows and orphans, and the homeless person in the street. But there is also the personal love relationship 
that every believer has with their Savior. And that's what we are going to dwell on for a brief moment. Love God, love people. People have often asked me how I speak to and interact with God. Well, I liken it to the first time I took out my dearest Jill on a date over 40 years ago. First of all, I just couldn't believe that this fine-looking young girl would want to go out with a wild young farmer like me. Just recently returned after having been in Australia for a year. I had not a penny to my name. What interest could she possibly have in me, I wondered. And yet she did. When a man or woman meets the Son of God, it's often the same. What could the Lord Jesus possibly want with a sinner like me? And yet he does, my dear friend. He desperately wants to talk to us, to love and to help us, to cherish us. It brings to mind the following hymn by Isaac Watts. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. To Christ who won for sinners grace by bitter grief and anguish sore. Be praised from all the ransomed race forever and evermore. Yes, I was extremely nervous when I met Jill for the first time, which was at a 21st birthday party. I asked her if we could go out together for a meal sometime, and she agreed. That was the start of the most wonderful human relationship I have ever known. A heavenly love affair. The same thing applies when you meet Jesus. Then comes the courting part of the relationship. It's a love affair. No doubt about it. I am more in love with Him, the Creator of heaven and earth, than ever before. Spending time talking to that special person is a discipline. You need to talk to them with your heart and not your head. Also learning to listen. For me, this is extremely hard. When a person is on their own, they tend to be somewhat self-centered. But once a person has someone else in their life, they need to focus their attention on the other person and not always on themselves. Normally, two people come from totally different backgrounds. So it takes great adjustment. It takes time, lots of time. Talking to God and learning to hear from Him takes time. A meaningful relationship takes a lot of time to mature and grow, just like a marriage. I feel particularly close to God when I go out and ride my horse, Snowy. I feel the cool breeze on my face. I watch the cloud formations in the distance. I see the wild animals, the birds flying overhead, and of course, I'm enjoying being with my horse. This is when I feel totally relaxed. I unwind and then I start talking with God. This is similar to how a man would take his girlfriend out on a date. The two of you would sit together and just spend time together, even if you are not saying anything. This is all part of falling in love. You would sit and look at each other, 
So taken are you by your love's beauty. You are swept off your feet and a little in awe of being in her presence. That's often how it is when you talk with God. It seems a bit overwhelming. And that, my friend, is the miracle of it all. I still struggle to come to grips with the fact that the creator of the universe could take time out of his very busy schedule to speak to me, a sinner saved by grace who doesn't even know how to address him correctly. Aren't we blessed? Chapter 15, Waiting on God. Waiting on the Lord is probably the most important exercise in all of Christianity, a truth that cannot be stressed strongly enough. St. Augustine said, Patience is the companion of wisdom. Patience comes by waiting on the Lord, which explains why the devil is so determined to keep us as busy as possible. He knows that when we wait on our Father, we become wise men and women. At the same time, waiting is also one of the most difficult disciplines in the Christian walk. If we go through the Bible, it is evident that the patriarchs, each and every one had to wait patiently before God used them to carve out his destiny for the world. If we look at the story of the flood and the ark, Noah built that massive ship by sheer faith, a feat which took decades to do. Abraham waited for about 25 years before father's promise of a son and an heir became a reality. What about Moses? Banished to the wilderness for 40 years. It was a long time to wait before God called him to go and deliver the children of God from Pharaoh's clutches. Jesus himself waited for 30 years before God released him into ministry. It lasted for only three years, but changed this world like no man has ever or ever will do. There is a very well-known scripture in Isaiah in the Old Testament, which so many believers treasure. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Wherever I travel these days, I find wounded people. If they are not physically sick, then they are mentally exhausted. There are those who are downcast, bereaved, totally defeated, or without hope, while others feel completely condemned by a sin in their lives. These are the people that Jesus came for. And the remedy is one word, tabernacle. Jesus, the tabernacle. Jesus wants to be a tabernacle for you and me. The word of God says much about the purpose of the tabernacle. For example, Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 6 says, There will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat, for a place of refuge and for a shelter from storm and rain. 
It's very hard, some might say, almost impossible to renew our strength if we are not familiar with our booth. When the mighty eagle is sick or wounded, he doesn't go down to the marketplace where there is noise and distractions. No, he does the exact opposite. He flies high up into the mountains where the craggy peaks are and finds a place to rest. There is no one there, only the wind and the rolling clouds pass him by. There he spreads his huge, imposing wings and rests in the warm sunshine, allowing his healing to take place. Dear reader, we so badly need to do the same, just like the mighty eagle. We need to come apart to the tabernacle. We need to allow the Son of God to heal us, to deal with those hurts, those wounds, those misunderstandings, pain and suffering, whether physical or spiritual. Nothing will renew our strength like waiting on God. It will give us a new perspective of our situation, and we will start to look through eyes of faith instead of from a human perspective. In God's economy, our mountains will be reduced to little hills. I think one of the greatest dangers of serving God is to start taking counsel from men. Each one, while meaning well, will give you what they think you need to hear, and that can cause utter confusion. Let me clarify what I mean by that statement. We are not talking about godly counsel here. No, we are talking about man's opinion. And when we try to please man, it becomes even more complicated. Jesus never, ever confuses an issue. He actually simplifies the problem. However, in order to hear that still, quiet voice, we need to come apart like the eagle and ensure we hear him clearly. Then the Son of God will heal us, direct us, and give us freedom from the snares of this life. These things, if we don't take action against them, will drive us over the edge. With weariness comes depression. And a person ends up with no vision, no motivation, and no purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Boost. 